CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Thursday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. We're glad you've joined us, as we always are. Looking forward to being with you for about the next hour as we spend this time answering questions about the Bible from the Bible, looking to those things that will encourage us in our relationship with God, addressing bad doctrine, as well as encourage everyone to study your Bible, to show yourself approved unto God. So important in these days that we live. We want to have a good picture of the world, a good worldview, Christian-wise. We want to be able to have a good, solid answers for our faith. And we want to be able to truly be able to say, I know God personally. So today, I just want to encourage you to be about your daddy's business. Call him Father. Look to him, the author and finisher of our faith, and you're going to be blessed. Joining me today, special guest, Greg Blanc from Calvary Chapel, Rapid City, South Dakota. Hi and welcome. Oh, it's great to be on with you again today, Pastor Mike. It's uh, it's beautiful weather out here in the interior of the country, and uh, we're just we're just loving the great things that the Lord is doing in the fellowship. We had, uh, I think I've chatted with you about this before. Uh, for our communion serve, what's a month? We have a uh, we have a communion service where we dedicate an entire Wednesday night just to sitting and waiting on the Lord. And we have, we have an extended time of worship and I'm able to give a, a thorough explanation of what, what communion, the sacrament of communion is and, and what it isn't. And it's just, it's incredible to see God make changes in people's hearts as they just are still before the Lord, because like, don't we live busy lives and, and a lot of things, a lot of distractions out there, and we just need to make time to uh, to get away with the Lord. What do you think, Mike? Well, I, I think, um, you know, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Yeah. And I, I am pretty convinced that being still in our modern age is really a challenge, <laughs> because if we don't have background noise or jets flying over, if we don't have radios on or the next door neighbor gargling, uh, or a lawnmower running, uh, to just be silent is, is very hard. But I believe that God honors that. I believe that when we make a special point to go be with him, you know, when we're dating years ago, you think about it and, and, you know, you made a special time to go be with your sweetie. You know, you just wanted to make special time or I'll call you tonight at nine thirty, and, 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 you, you know, you had it all down. Well, I do believe that we have to make special time for God. I I do. I think we just need to set us apart a time and say, Lord, uh, I just want to meet you here. And I I, I really believe that God honors that. And uh, again, I I don't want to give God, well, you know, I got a few minutes here. I can say a quick prayer. Not that that's not necessarily a, a bad thing, but I really think to have God come into that that position of priority and um, you'll make time for things that 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 are a priority in your life so uh, anyway giving giving God our best I think 
is so important in these days. And so, once again, I want to remind everybody, if you go to your app store, you can download the CSN radio app, all new, and listen anywhere, anytime on your personal device. I think you'll enjoy that. And again, um, well, we could go ahead and go to the phones. 8888-ASK-CSN is the number to call. If you want to be part of the programs today, we've got some lines open. Let's go to Kathy in Idaho. I welcome. Hello. Hi. Um, so I hope my question is pretty simple. By the way, I've been listening to you guys for a long time, and I really appreciate everything that you do. Um, in Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus is being tested by Satan, yes, and it says that he t- that Satan took him up to the pinnacle of the temple, and he took him to the top of the mountain. And my question is that word took, like, did Satan physically, like, okay, come with me? Or was it more, or did Jesus go with him voluntarily? Or was it more of a, let's sit here and look at this scene together kind of thing? I mean, what... What, what's your perspective of what happened there? Well, that's a great question, Diane. Your thoughts, Greg? Well, you know, I, I, I wish that our Bibles came with photographs, don't you, Mike? Amen. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, the Bible doesn't say, it just says that he took him. You know, I'm presuming uh, it was in a vision or or something in the supernatural realm it very it very certainly could have been uh physical but the challenge there or 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 the point there is the temptation that he that he goes to the temple there in uh, well he he takes him he tempts him with saying that you know all this has been given to me and if you'll just bow down and worship me and and each time Jesus responds with what and it you know, within, within it is written. And, uh, and, uh, so I would, I would think that when he, when he takes them to the temple, he says, Hey, you know, go ahead and do the, do the, uh, the high dive, you know, off the, off the pinnacle. Cause after all, God, God is going to protect you. And he just says, don't, don't put the Lord to, to, uh, to the test. You know, the, you get the picture that Satan, if he is not afraid to tempt, his creator, he certainly isn't afraid to tempt off. If, if, if he's able to take him to the, to, uh, either physically or in a vision to, to the pinnacle of the temple and tell him to do a divine bungee job. And, you know, you, you won't even stub your toe as, as a result. The whole idea there is that, you know, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So whenever the enemy comes, I think the principle is whenever the enemy comes and is wanting to tempt you, we always respond with what? It is written. Pastor Mike. Amen. And so, you know, and we want to be careful not to add to God's word. And so when it uses these words that we find there, he was um, carried away. We we want to just simply say, well, Lord, you know, it, it appears that, uh, you know, however, and and maybe, you know, I've often heard it said one time that because um, uh, it says he was led up by the spirit into the wilderness and he was tempted by the devil. And it says after he had uh, fasted for 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry 
And the tempter came and said, Son of man, command these stones to be made bread. Um, he could have turned the whole mountain into bread if he wanted to. Um, and then, like you say, the devil took him up to the pinnacle of the temple. Again, I, I think it's it's not clearly spelled out, and it may very well be just as Paul's infirmity of the flesh was not clearly spelled out either. Maybe we can put our own life in there, how the devil would come and try to take us away to tempt us, or whatever whatever thorn in the flesh that Paul had. I know that we all, as Christians, sometimes have those, and we feel that even God doesn't love us because we have a thorn in the flesh. But I think sometimes when things are not named, per se, in the Bible or how it was done, I think it's so uh, we can apply our lives in there because I've seen the devil carry people away in very interesting ways, sometimes through success, sometimes through failure, uh, sometimes through, um, uh, uh, you know, feeling that God didn't answer your prayer. So when when Satan took him, and it's interesting that Satan quotes Scripture to Jesus. Now, albeit it's out of context, um, because it's all about being in the will of God, um, Satan doesn't care about context. All he cares about is distorting God's word, and he did that to Jesus, and Jesus wouldn't hear it. He just rebuked him and said, um, you know, you're <laughs> the devil really, again, has such, such ways to do this. Um, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So, hope that helps. Yeah, thank you. I just, it, all the commentaries I read, I could not find anything that hit the word tooks specifically, so I wasn't sure how he took him, but there's no way that Satan took him by force, so no, it had no. to have been something where he he's like, all right, go ahead, but you're not going to win, you know? Well, and I think a lot of times Jesus allowed things to happen to him so that we would know that we would have strength in those same situations uh, when the devil would try to take us away or, or to tempt us in certain ways. And so I hope that answers it for you, Kathy. And and um, uh, do you have any other questions? That takes care of me. Thank you very well, much. Well, Kathy, God bless you. Thanks so much for the call. Say the line. We'll send you out the movie Jesus. Uh, really good based on the book of Luke. What you hear read is is uh, the book of Luke being read to you. And uh, all the colors are accurate. The buildings are accurate. As close as they could do. Um, uh, and uh, very, very good. This has been shown around the world and literally led millions to Christ. So um, stay on line. We'll get that out to you. Think you'll enjoy it. Thanks so much, Kathy, for the call. Let's go to Diane, Mountain Home, Idaho. I welcome. Yes. Hi. Um, I have a question uh, concerning a book that was interviewed, a brand new book um, called Marking the Masses last night. And it sounds like a really good book, Um I don't know if you want me to mention the author, but um, I do listen to him, Tom Hughes. Um, but when they were doing the interview, he said, you know, that for all true Christians, that we need to be aware and wake up because with all this digital currency and, you know, everything that's happening to mark people and follow people, um that we shouldn't be fooled, the true Christians, that the uh, mark of the beast is is here and around the corner. Well, the 
isn't the, the church gone? The Lord takes us out after Revelation 3. The church isn't mentioned, right? Right. And, so, and, and, and here's the thing, Diane, to answer a little bit more of that. I do believe the church is gone. However, there will be tribulation saints. We find them mentioned in Revelation chapter 6, this huge number that John did not recognize. And he said, who are these? The angel asked him, and he says, I don't know, who are they? And he said, these are literally the martyrs that came up out of the great tribulation. Now, again, uh, to live for Christ during the tribulation will probably cost you your life. Um, And uh, very clearly, the Bible tells us they were beheaded for their faith. So we understand there's going to be a mass slaughter of those who love God. Now, Again, I believe the church is gone. Uh, And something I think we all have to be very much aware of. Uh, The mark on your hand or on your forehead is not just a mark. It is is a mark, but it's declaring your allegiance to the one world order. And I think that's extremely important because uh, you will be required by, uh, by the world government to take this mark on your hand or on your forehead. So I I think we have to be very much aware of it. Um, A a, a great pastor friend of mine years ago grew under him tremendously, uh, Pastor George. He he said, the mark of the beast appears on the heart long before it ever shows up on the hand or on the forehead. And I think that's a really good analogy because it is declaring your allegiance to the mark, uh, to the to the one world order. And so I don't believe anybody will just, oh, oopsie, I took the mark. No, I, I don't believe that in any way. I believe it is a willful, disobedient act. And you have angels flying through the midst of heaven, warning people on the earth not to take the mark of the beast. Because if you take the mark of the beast, you're eternally lost. I know there's some uh, very well-known ministers that say, oh no, God will forgive you for that. That is not what the Bible says. Uh, and so we have to be very careful when we come to the book of Revelation not to add or take away from it. And when it very clearly says um, this, you and, and again, you have angels flying through the midst of heaven. That's not yet happened yet. Uh, I do believe, though, it is um, the technology is here for that. Uh, and depending on what part of the world you're in may determine whether it's a mark, name, or a number, or perhaps even an implanted chip somehow in you, um, where the perhaps in the jungles, maybe it'll just be a, a mark of, of identification uh, to more advanced societies. It might be an implanted chip. Don't know. But I do know that uh, the technology is there, and I believe the devil will use it. to. Impl- now, remember something. One of the things the devil wants to do is he wants to take away people's individuality. Uh, this is something he's always always done. And so, um, uh, in other words, uh, you're just another worker bee get in line. Um, the Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. There's nobody ever been on the earth like you. Nobody will ever be on this earth ever again like you. And so, what does God want me, you, all of us to do for him uh, being we're unique? Well, uh, again, the devil just wants to um, homogenize all of humankind and destroy them all. Now, we do find the real mark. Now, that's in Revelation chapter 7, 
where God puts his mark on the 144,000 Jews. But interestingly enough, their identity is very clearly outlined. There are 12,000 from the 12 tribes of Israel, and then list each of those tribes. So there's no loss of identity. But when the mark of the beast comes, it's just to homogenize humanity into the to the great cesspool. So your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I uh, I listened to Tom Hughes and and I didn't hear what he said uh, in in his book release. But Diane, I just want to clarify: were were you saying that you thought you heard him say that the mark of the beast is already here? Well, that it's around the corner, and for true Christians to not be fooled, um, that you know, yeah, it it's here, okay. and as soon okay. as. Well, um, to answer to answer your question, of course, of course, the mark of the beast isn't here yet, but I do believe. Well, right around the corner is a uh, is a relative term. We know that it's at least three and a half years away because Revelation thirteen happens at the midpoint of uh, of the tribulation, and you know the Bible clearly says in Revelation 13 and right around verse 16, it says he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their, on their back of their right hand, uh, or their, or their foreheads. And I know that, uh, Pastor Tom Hughes is, he's pre-trip. Uh, he believes that we're out of here, uh, before the Antichrist comes on the scene. So I'd have to, I'd have to listen to exactly what, uh, what he said. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he would never say that the mark of the beast is already here, but he would say the signs of the times, uh, and the technology, as Pastor Mike was saying, is here now. Digital currency is here now with, uh, the reason and the motivation to, uh, to mark people with, uh, with computer chips that were able to be tracked. That's been here for decades. And yet the conditioning of the people right now is to just take another shot, just take another mark, just take another, just take another number. So it's going to be an easier transition for lost people during the tribulation period to take a mark. But as Mike, as Pastor Mike was saying, it's, it's not just a mark to be able to eat. It's a mark where you are pledging your allegiance to, uh, to Antichrist. And so, um, I, I, I would be one that is constantly encouraging people to don't, don't be deceived. You know, stand your watch. Make sure that you are familiar with the signs of the times and, uh, uh, and just pray, Maranatha, Lord, come quickly, because every born-again believer is promised the rapture of the church. And it could happen. It could happen at any at any second that we would meet the Lord in the air. We're going to be changed in a twinkling of an eye, and uh, and we're forever going to be with the Lord. So, so I'm just crying out, Maranatha. What about you, Pastor Mike? Amen. I, I'm I'm looking for the upper taker. Hope that helps, Diane. <laughs> oh yes, it does. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for Jesus Christ, and I think that's Amen. what's so important in these days. Stay online. We'll send you out a movie, Jesus. I think you'll enjoy that. And let's go to Sunday, Fort Worth, Texas. Hi, welcome. 
Hello. Thank you for taking my call. So I was telling your caller that um, I was reading a few weeks ago, about a month ago, I was reading the Bible, and I was reading, of course, the Old And I thought I saw or read somewhere in there where God was telling someone, I guess it was the, the Israelites, I'm not sure, but he was telling them what things of not to wear. And I thought one of them mentioned was pearls. Have y'all ever heard of anything like that? Or Your thoughts, Greg? Well, not in the New Testament. I know that we are told in, uh, you know, Paul is speaking to to his protege, Timothy. And I think, let me look real quick. I think it's uh, 1 Timothy, somewhere around there, chapter um, chapter 2. And it says uh, in verse 8, it says, I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting and this sunday which is sunday what an incredible day right sunday uh this might be what you're talking about it says in this manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with propriety and moderation not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing but uh which in uh which is proper for women professing uh, godliness with good works. So is is that possibly, Sunday, is that possibly what you might have been reading? Yes, that's it. I thought it was the Old Testament. That is it. Well, you, you, were, you, you had a 50-50 shot, and you went with Old Testament, but you knew it was in the Bible, so good for you, sister. Yeah, and, and, and so, um, you know... Um, it says we just need to be, um, as it says, modestly and discreetly. Uh, I don't think there's anything sinful about wearing pearls, but if it's to like flaunt that I'm better than somebody else is, I think that's where we get into trouble or gold or anything like that. Because again, um, you could actually say, well, then if a woman has a gold wedding ring on in this verse, you would be uh, put down on. It says modestly and discreetly. And so I think that's where we have to be wise with what we have and not in any way ever use what we have to put down somebody else. I hope that helps. It doesn't. One more time. What is the scripture? First Timothy? First Timothy 2 9. Perfect. Thank you all very much. Goodbye. All right. And there's one more there. Uh, we find uh, this uh, evil woman mentioned in uh, Revelation 18. Um, or 17, clothed with purple and scarlet, or adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, uh, having the cup of the abominations and all unclean things of her immorality. Um, so um, you might say tr- trying to cover her wickedness by these things. Uh, again, we're not justified or value is not determined by what we wear but about our relationship with God. Hope that helps. And uh, stay online if you like. Send you out uh, uh, the uh, movie Jesus. I think you'll enjoy that. Let's go to RW, Northern California. Hi, welcome. Hey, pa- hey, Pastor. Just, just have a question about what, what's your take on churches that it's a good, they're good, solid churches, they get good preaching, more topical studies, good worship, good fellowship, uh, loving church, outreach, and everything, but they refuse to 
touch on the end times or refuse to um, talk about politics or get involved politically, and they use Romans 13 as a you know reason to not get involved in politics, and they said that we should just preach the word. And then is that would that be majoring on the minors to take issue with that, or I just wanted your thoughts on it, and I'll sign off and let you answer. Okay, well, Greg, thanks so much for the question. Your thoughts? You know, uh, I just know that Jesus told us that we are the light of the world, that a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And, uh, you know, uh, in the big picture, I'm about sharing the gospel. I'm, I want to see people saved, but at the same time, one of the ways that we leadership is influence. I was taught that years ago. And the one of the ways that you can lead people is through having political positions. Somebody's going to be making decisions for how we live our life in, uh, in, on this planet. And, and the question always comes up. I mean, if wouldn't you want a truly born again, Spirit-led, spirit-filled, Bible-believing, Bible-teaching president. I mean, in the big picture, wouldn't you want that? Of course you would. So I'm one of those guys, and I think Mike is probably in the same camp. I'm constantly encouraging sold-out Christians to uh, to run for city council and to run for mayor and to run for school board. Funny you mentioned that. I Just today, I had lunch at Applebee's with uh, with my friend who is the president of our local school board here in in Rapid City and I was commending him for being willing to take the heat of uh of of stepping up and being in a political role uh like that and so when when I hear some people tell us that you know we're to we're to submit to our government I get that but if I have a choice I'm going to submit to a government that actually has Christians in uh, in high positions of political office. What about you, Pastor Mike? Well, all the way through the Old Testament, you find uh, what prophet in the Old Testament was not involved in politics. I'm yeah. serious. I mean, whether it whether it was uh, Elijah uh, going after Jezebel and and Ahab, uh, whether it was. Uh, John the Baptist telling in the New Testament, telling Herod, it's not lawful for you to have your uh, brother's wife. Jesus calling Herod that old fox. Uh, that was not a flattery term. In fact, the Bible says the foxes, the little foxes are what destroy the vineyards. Um, we find uh, all the way through the Bible, people standing up to the tyranny of government. And if people don't know what the Bible says... And I think sometimes what uh, these people who are, are running for, what they stand for, I think we're in real trouble. Again, when they run for uh, office, they're real conservative. When they get into office, they go off the rails. Coming up on a break, we'll have more right after this. CSN is listener supported. If you'd like to partner with CSN by helping us cover our cost of operations to broadcast God's word nationally and across the world, please consider making a donation. All donations are tax-deductible, and CSN offers a variety of ways to donate. You can donate on the phone by calling us at 1-800-357-4226, by mail at CSN Radio, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303, or through our website at csnradio.com. CSN also offers a simple, automatic monthly subscription 
Just pick an amount as low as $10 and subscribe. Every month, your donation will automatically happen, and you don't have to do anything else. And subscriptions can be canceled at any time. Log online to csnradio.com, click the donate button on top of the homepage, pick an amount, and then click subscribe. Together, we can continue to spread the gospel. You're listening to the Christian Satellite Network. We broadcast on hundreds of stations nationwide, including multiple stations in North and South Dakota. You can listen while in Rapid City, Aberdeen, Hermosa, Dickinson, and Williston. Get a full station list or listen anywhere in the world live at csnradio.com. CSN International, where God's Word is heard. CSN is pleased to offer... The Christ by author Carol Roberson. This study guide goes over the stages of Christ's life, breaking each stage down into three easy-to-understand sections, prophetic, historic, and spiritual. Included in this book is a companion audio CD with 17 songs. Get your copy of The Christ today for a contribution of $19 plus shipping by calling 1-800-546-8731 or by going online to csnradio.com. Welcome you back to part two of Jeremy Manasser on this Thursday afternoon with Greg Blanc. I'm your host, Mike Kessler. And once again, if you're in South Dakota and especially around the Rapid City area, I know that Greg would love to see you there at Calvary Chapel in Rapid City, South Dakota. I know if you came by, be sure to tell him that you listen on CSN. And if you're in the Southern Idaho area, I'd love to see you here 10 o'clock Sunday morning as we go through the book of Acts. So important and gives us so much uh, understanding of church, what church should be, how to witness, the dynamics of Christian faith, so important as we go uh, verse by verse through the Bible. And so I want to encourage you to attend church. Now, going back to our previous caller, going and, and wondering, you know, I think the message of the church, R.W., really needs to be Jesus and him crucified. I really do. However, we do know that as we read Scripture, you're going to come across things. Again, it's impossible to read Romans 1 and see what God says about homosexuality and embrace the Democratic Party as it stands right now. Now, this isn't the way the Democratic Party always was. Um, Harry Truman was a person who had great respect for the Bible, great respect for the nation of Israel. They ask why he went along with making Israel a nation. He says, well, the Bible says, I'll bless those that bless thee and curse those that curse thee. So I'm, I'm for the, the state of Israel. Um, we find other things that, that uh, different Democrats have done that are very, uh, very, very good. But the Democratic Party today has changed. It's now more or less the Communist Party. And this is why they won't bring spending under control. We're $32 trillion dollars in debt. This can never be repaid. And they want to go further into debt. You know, if if you've got infection, uh, let's pour more poison into it. That's what we've got right now. No country can sustain this kind of debt. So you're going to lose your freedoms, everybody. Now remember, every government that promises you everything you want 
will take everything you have. It's just the way it is. When the Communist Party ran in Venezuela and some of these other Central American countries, they promised them free school, free college, free medicine, free everything. When they got in power, nothing happened. The the military took over. We'd had people call us here on CSN saying they would come, knock on the door any time of the day or night. They would come in your house and take whatever they wanted. That's right. That's what, that's what this beautiful communistic America is headed for. And when you understand that the Bible warns about this, uh, that the state becomes your God. Uh, the uh, There's a story that when uh, Castro took over Cuba, uh, the children uh, were taken away from their parents because they were going to be put in to government schools. And so... Um, okay, hold your hand out. Okay, now pray and ask God to give you candy. And so they did, and no candy came. Now pray and ask the government to give you candy. Hold your hand out. And they went down with, with candy and gave it to the kids. See, God's not real, but the government is. You serve the government. This is the indoctrination that we see universally, not just here. But it's all about the collapse of America. America is the is the big the big pimple, if you will, in the one world order. And so militarily, economically, it has to be broken. And friends, when you see thirty-two trillion dollars in debt, it, it won't be long because we've already been downgraded two weeks ago to AA plus rating when we were a while ago four star. Now, now we're now we're down to two star plus. Uh, it's going to get worse because your ability to pay back is gone. There's no gold in Fort Knox to cover this kind of debt. There's no gross national product to cover this kind of debt. So they just got a printing press running, printing funny money, and that's where your inflation is coming from. So instead of stop spending, that will stop the inflation. No, they call the Inflation Reduction Act, and it's exactly opposite to what it's going to do. Stop spending. But they won't, because they can't. Because, vote for me, everything is free. So, unfortunately, people, Christians, uh, continue to stay in certain political parties, not really realizing where God stands on these issues that God says, I'll destroy a nation over simply because they want they don't want to offend anybody. You see, we built this great big building, and, um, you know, we have a margin call almost every month to make the payments. And, you know, if we make any real stand in the Bible on politics or sin, well, we won't make our margin and we'll go into foreclosure. You, know, you see, we've kind of overspent. And so, um, you know, this is the problem. So we have a compromised gospel to pay for things we can't afford, to give people a false sense of security for things that will never be. Friends, we're in trouble, and we need to go back to God's Word. We need to teach the Bible line upon line, precept upon precept. And why does it? Why? why do we need to do that? Because the Bible will correct bad politics, bad doctrine, bad lifestyles, identify sin, show you the love that God has for you, that in spite of our failures, God still will work with us and love us and restore us. 
See, that, that's why it's so important. But when you just hear pastors' favorite topics every Sunday, um, you're going to be anemic. You're not going to have a proper world. But people say, well, Mike, you're opinionated. I, I got a letter today. Somebody said, you're so opinionated on, uh, on uh, preterism. What about the, what about the, the uh, parts of it that are, that are true? I don't see anything in preterism that's true. It's all wacky. Oh, well, you, you, you see, I tell people, if you read the whole Bible, you'd have an opinion too. But often you'll see that when they come across an idea that they have, they have to discount other verses that bring that thought into balance. And that's where the problems come from. So we have a Bible in our liking. This is what our denomination teaches. We don't teach the Bible. We teach what our denomination tells us to teach. Friends, that's a problem. Because you're going to get an anemic gospel. Because, yeah, the Bible does have conviction in it. And it makes people uncomfortable if you don't want to repent. But if you want to repent, then God's arms are wide open and will receive you with open arms. But you see, today, we don't want that. The Bible says they will heap up to themselves teachers having itching ears. What does an itching ear want to hear? What it wants to hear. And again, this is the problem that we find. And so um, understanding that uh, there's a balance, but I believe that really, if you just teach the Bible, bring it into relevancy, uh, you don't have to Okay, today we're going to church. We're going to talk about church politics. You don't got to do that. But as you're reading Romans chapter one and read where God stands on that, and then we we have to we're supposed to obey the laws of the land. Well, I, I agree to that. The only problem is we have two sets of laws right now. You have a set of laws that'll prosecute Donald Trump on made up charges. And yet Joe Biden, which they have proof that he's getting money under the table from China. Nobody prosecutes that. We have two sets of laws in this country right now. And this is where the problems are coming from. And so understanding that there has to be a balance and there has to be ability to think through what we're being, what we're being told. Uh, again, I've shared this many times, but we, we have the, the issue of, uh, we have the issue of schools. It changed about 50 years ago from how to think to what to think. What to think, kids are told in school, global warming is true, communism is good, Stalin was a great guy, America's bad. I know, I've read some of the textbooks. That's what to think. Now, how to think is different. How to think looks at what Stalin did to 20 million Russians as he butchered and slaughtered them. That's not in the textbooks, friends, but that's how to think. Or you look at Mao Zedong in China, in the, in the communist revolution, why Chiang Kai-shek went to Taiwan. Because he butchered 50 million Chinese, his own people. You don't find that in our kids' textbooks? No, it's not in there. See, that's how to think. See, what to think, you will be told you are not to question whatever we say is true. See, how to think says, wait a minute, if this guy was so good, how come he butchered 20 million? Or this guy's so good, he butchered 50 million. Or Castro, who butchered a million Cubans. What about that? That's how to think. 
that's all gone from our school systems. Well, unfortunately, again, we need to be people on how to think. And when you read your Bible, how to think. These will bring you to the conclusions that will lead you to godliness. 8888, ask CSN if you want to be a part of the program today. RW, I hope that answered it for you. Let's go to Leroy, St. Louis, Missouri. Hi, welcome. today. Hi. Uh, I, I, I wanted to comment on the uh, Matthew 4. It says uh, in the King James Version, this is a pocket-sized Bible. It says, uh, then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness. So the devil didn't didn't, didn't take him. Uh, he was led up in, uh, in his own spirit into the wilderness. And the devil met up with him or caught up with him and, and tried to get him to do these things, to my understanding. I agree. That, that's exactly right. He was led by the Spirit. It, it, that doesn't mean that he, uh, you know, he was um, in a house someplace and his spirit was led up in the mountain. He was physically led up into the, the mountain. That's why when Satan, after he'd fasted for 40 days, tempted him to turn the stone into bread— uh, would have been a very, um, very seemingly good suggestion to do that, but but uh, it, he was there physically, and how Satan did that I don't know. And and there's and Leroy, there's even more if we want to really look at this, that in a moment of time, Satan showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. He said, "They're mine and mine. Whoever I want to give them to, Jesus." you'll bow down and worship me. What did Jesus come to do? He came to redeem the kingdoms of the world, the people of the world. And Satan offered him a shortcut. And by the way, Satan everywhere today is offering people a shortcut. Oh, you don't really have to get right with God. You're going to figure it out. You know, God's your big buddy upstairs. And if there even is a God, after all, you're the one in control. You're the one, the master of your own universe. Uh, as, as Frank Sinatra said, I live life my way. But where does that get you? The Bible says you can gain the whole world, lose your own soul. So see, this is why. No, Leroy, I think your observation is very, very good. Um, uh, is there any more to that you want to add? The flesh. I got flesh for I know that the flesh can uh, lead you into a lot of things. You know, if you don't have Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord, the flesh will will blind you. You know. Oh man, uh, you you got, and and you know what's really amazing? Whatever you feed wins. You feed the flesh, um, flesh is going to win. You feed the spirit, spirit's going to win. But no, I agree, Leroy. All right, okay, then I I just want you know. Say that 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 uh, Jesus was led into the wilderness by His own Spirit. The devil didn't lead him. No, he uh, Jesus was led, but when he got there, and after he had fasted, and you know, there's more. But wait, there's more. What was that? Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, and then it says he was led by the Spirit uh, into the wilderness. Now it's interesting that here you have this great spiritual experience of being baptized, being led by the Spirit, only to find the devil coming along and trying to tempt you to do something wrong. 
Sound a little familiar for all of us? You know, you'll you'll go have a great day at church or, or, you know, the Lord will use you in some wonderful way. And then here comes the devil trying to knock you off the track. Your thoughts, Greg? Yeah, I was just going to say that 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 it's clear that it was the Holy Spirit who led him into the wilderness, but but the Bible clearly says in verse 5 it was the devil who set him or took him to the pinnacle of the temple. So, hope that helps. Okay, it does. It does. Leroy, stay in the line, send you out the movie Jesus. You'll really like it. It's great. And uh with that, we'll go to Connie, Indianapolis, Indiana. Hi, welcome. Hi, this is Connie, and uh, I'm confusing you guys. I'm not in Indiana. I'm in South Carolina. But anyhow, <laughs> my question is... Okay. <laughs> it says Indianapolis uh, on my on my reader. I just thought, I only missed the by, you know, a thousand miles or better. Indiana number still. So anyhow, in uh, Genesis 1 and 9, where God makes the earth... Um, I'm there a little bit confused. So is the earth now a globe or are we like in a uh, little snowball? You know, is it a disc? Any idea? Can you help us out there? Well, we know the earth is, is round and we know that it's a sphere, it's a ball. Uh, we know this from um, uh, our satellites. We know this from uh, even the Golden Gate Bridge, believe it or not. The posts that hold the Golden Gate Bridge up are closer together on the bottom than they are at the top. Because as you go away from the center, it gets wider. And so this is exactly what they did. They built a, during the Second World War, they built a uh, army production facility back in one of the eastern states. I think it was uh, uh, Michigan or whatever. And they had to compensate for the curve of the earth uh, in this long, mile-long assembly uh, project they had. Uh, So, no, we know that. God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible says it was without form, void, and dark, darkness covered the face of the deep. I, I believe that, again, this was just God doing this, and then he creates something beautiful from something dark and void. God creates something beautiful in us from us being dark and void. And uh, I want to share something I think is really important. The first physical miracle Jesus ever did on this planet. He changed the water to wine. He took something and made it appear to be aged. I believe that goes back to something very important that people have oftentimes say, well, look at these different stratas on the earth and look at all. I believe God created the earth fully formed and fully aged, fully mature. Just as a caveat there, your thoughts. Yeah, I, I I agree completely. I, it's funny that you mentioned that because I've I've had a longtime friend that I care about a lot, but he's constantly sending me these texts about, you know, read these flat Earth articles, and I, you know, I just try to explain to him over and over the simplicity of uh, of Isaiah. You know, Isaiah forty twenty two. This is what it says. It says it is God who sits above the circle of the earth. <laughs> and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretch out like the heavens of the curtain. But but if God says that the earth is a circle, oh, who, who am I to try and say that it's uh, that it's flat? It's it, there's just it, there. 
there are so many unanswered questions. What happens to our oceans? Do, does the water just roll? Up? What happens when you fly around the world? You know, uh, do you, do you fly? Do you do you hit a wall? Do you just fly off into to never never land when you reach the end of wherever this flat Earth supposedly is? And and then I ask him, okay, well, what other planets are flat? If the Earth isn't flat, what other planets? And and I. I just know this, that if people are going to tell you that the earth is flat, then that's not the only thing that they're going to be wrong on. So sometimes you just got to smile and nod and walk away. Right, Pastor Mike? Amen. And it's not a salvation issue, but I think oftentimes, because again, when you, uh, you know, as an example, if you're listening to this uh, anywhere but Twin Falls, Idaho, uh, you're listening on a satellite that's been positioned over the equator. The signal goes up to the satellite, comes back down. Now, it's, they're in geosynchronous orbits, and that's where the spin of the Earth uh, is, is uh, um, and the, the gravity are so matched so that s- satellite can stay in geosynchronous orbit. A lot of the flattered people say, well, uh, the satellites are held up by balloons. That is absolutely ridiculous. I, I don't matter anybody's feelings, but I'm, I try to be blunt and honest with people as I can be. They're, held, they're, they're there in a geosynchronous or, orbit called the Clark Belt, uh, and uh, this is what allows us to have uh, intercontinental uh, communications. So when we understand that, again, there's there's a lot of things you can go to, but I don't know if that's really, dear, so much what your question is, because uh, is that what it is, Connie? Uh, Basically, but uh, I have to tell you that uh, in... for your argument, in contrast, there is also in Genesis that God separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the upper waters firmament, which became the heaven. Well, it means the sky, yeah. It's, it's speaking of the sky. Now, again, there was a separation. Uh, we know that. In fact, even science will tell you it's called the continental drift. Where we we can we actually can see that that happening now, uh, um, God I think initially it was all probably one landmass and then it broke apart uh, when Peleg was born um, uh, in the Book of Genesis. Uh, but uh, there's there's so many things that won't work if the world is flat. Somewhere the world has to end if the world's flat. And nobody's ever been there. Uh, nobody's ever recorded it. Um, and they go, well, it's, and, and there's no explanation when you come to the edge, just like you said earlier, Greg, there's no explanation when you come to the edge. And this is why they thought Christopher Columbus was going to sail off the edge because they believed the earth was flat. Well, it's not. And again, we understand as we circle the earth, um, uh, you can go, uh, it's, it's, uh, pretty, pretty simple, um, uh, mapping to understand why we have the the globe the way we have it. But uh, I again, Connie, I don't believe it is a, um, a salvation issue. But uh, but again, we want to be we want to we want to study ourselves study to show ourselves approved unto God. And I believe we want to be sensitive to other people's hearts. Again, I wouldn't make that an issue 
in trying to lead somebody to Christ, but we want to understand that when God separated the earth from the water, this is where the land masses and the oceans came from and where our sky came from. So hope that helps. That You know what? We're all going to find out once we are being called up. Amen. That's true. And uh, and li- like I like what you said, Greg, um, uh, as we study, see the other planets uh, spinning around uh, out there, um, they're all round. They're a sphere. So <laughs> hope that helps. Stay on line. We'll send you out the movie Jesus. Connie, I think you'll enjoy that. Let's go to Leroy. Oh, excuse me. Jay in Missouri. Hi and welcome. Hi, um, I wanted to continue from a question that was asked yesterday evening about the church when they speak in tongues at their services, every service. Yeah. Could you elaborate more on that? Yeah, it, 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 chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians says, if a person unlearned comes into your service, everybody's praying in tongues. He said, they're going to walk away saying you're mad. You're crazy. Uh, and he said, so in the church, two or at the most three and let one explain what they're doing. The word interpret there does not mean to change to another language. This is a mistake in many times people reading the scripture. The word in the Greek very clearly means to explain fully. Now we remember when Peter stood up and explained in Acts chapter 2, these men are not drunk with wine as you think, but they're filled with the Spirit. That was the explanation for all those praying in tongues there. But in the church... Let two or more at the most uh, speak, and let one explain fully what they're doing. Your thoughts? No, I agree. And and Mike, you you are so gracious when you say you know it's not a salvation issue, but it is a it is a it is a solid biblical issue, and the preponderance of the biblical support is found easily in First uh, Corinthians twelve and uh, and First Corinthians fourteen. Um, and I, I, I think, you know, I have friends, all different flavors of Christian backgrounds, and I love hanging out with my, my hyper Pentecostal friends. They, they stretch me. And I think it's a, I think it's a good thing. But when we come to the topic of tongues, tongues is literally a gift. Well, there's obviously two, two forms of tongues spoken of within the Bible. One is what we see what happens at Pentecost. And, uh, either the hearers or the speakers are, uh, are either hearing or speaking in a language, a known language that is familiar to the people. And then, and then the apostle Paul talks about a language that says, I wish, I, I wish we all spoke in tongues. I wish you all spoke in tongues, but he would rather have one intelligible word. That was his, that was his wisdom. That was his thought behind it. And, and that is, you know, we would call that a prayer language, and it's it's for edification between you and the Lord. When we get into uh, some church environments where everybody is uh, at least claiming to be speaking in their prayer language at the same time, in that same passage of 1 Corinthians 14, it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Uh, as in all the churches of the saints. And so, so that, hope that answers it for on. you. Uh, and uh, Jay, call us back. We'll put you on first thing tomorrow. Until then, God bless you. Good night. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. 
That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash TEMA. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 